0: So in my college, in the old library, there was the main stairwell and it was made out of marble. And as you took each step, your foot would naturally fall into the little groove that had been made from generations of students walking that same staircase. There were times when when I walked it, and this this is the actual staircase there. There were times when I would walk it and it almost felt sacred. This morning, we receive this bit of scripture passage that we know well. It is familiar. It feels comfortable. It feels as though we are walking up the marble staircase. We know it so well that we just kind of slip into a groove of listening to it. Well, this morning, before we get too comfortable with this particular scripture passage before we get too comfortable and take out our phones just to check them. (laughs) We need to hear the words of these verses today more than ever. Will you join me as we walk through the sacred scripture? We begin at the very first verse. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus, Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration that was taken while Cornelius was governor of Syria. Luke gives us, in this simple sentence or two, Luke gives us a specific time and a specific place. This story was not once upon a time in a land far, far away. The story is real. It took place when Caesar Augustus was in Rome and Quirinius was in Syria. We know where. But then Luke reminds us of something that the original audience would have heard, but through the generations, we've just kinda lost it. Luke wants us to remember how vast the Roman Empire really was. Because this registration wasn't just a mere, let's count the heads, but Emperor Augustus wants to set the tax rates. He wants all the residents of Rome and the citizens to know just how much Rome provides for them all. Pax Romana. It wasn't cheap. So he decrees this and as the decree goes out, It wouldn't surprise me to know that as people learn about this proclamation, as they figure out what in the world does that mean for me and my family, where do we have to go, I'm sure there was a sense of the entire world was in turmoil. All the world, this vast Roman Empire, now traveling, Figuring out what in the world. But today our view doesn't end there. We go from this vast empire of Rome and all the turmoil that was happening there, let alone all the taxation. And our view goes a little closer. Gets a little smaller. Because we go from the vastness of Rome we go to Mary and Joseph. That continues on verse three and four. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. We hear the sacred text and we know it well. But let us remember that as Mary and Joseph heard the proclamation, all of their plans were interrupted. Plans for the pregnancy interrupted. Hopes and dreams interrupted. Instead of planning of what was gonna happen when Mary gave birth there, suddenly, instead of planning for that, they were planning and packing for the journey that would take them from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem. Those that heard the story first would have known what that meant, but it's more than just a simple day travel. This journey would have taken them, most scholars think since Mary was probably much past her first trimester of pregnancy, It would have taken them probably 12 days. This was 90 miles that they traveled on foot. I found this wonderful map that I wanna share with you. So the most direct route would have been to go from Nazareth straight down, that kind of that tan colored one. But that would have led them through Samaria. Remember that Mary and Joseph were devout Jews. They were righteous Jewish followers. And so they would most likely have not gone through Samaria because remember with me that the Jews and the Samaritans, (laughs) how do I put this nicely? They didn't respect each other. It wouldn't have been safe for Mary and Joseph to go there. So instead, they had to go this green route which leads them down out of the plateaus down into the river valley of the Jordan River. They needed to have water, especially since Mary was pregnant. But the amazing thing that I want you to remember with me is that as they came down into this river valley, this river valley is still the lowest point on earth yet today. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. So they came out of the river valley. They came up into the plateaus, but it isn't that alone. They had to then climb the mountains to get up to Jerusalem and then over to Bethlehem. Can you imagine walking that? No first aid is available. Carrying what you need, being pregnant. We know that oftentimes when we travel, we sing, especially this time of year, we sing, Well, Mary and Joseph probably were singing as well. We've long since lost the melody line, but we have the words. The Jewish pilgrims would have been singing the songs of ascent. They're still with us in the book of the Psalms. Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where is my help to come? Psalm 125, and I love this second verse. I can see and hear Mary singing this very verse. Looking up, perhaps climbing up that mountain, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time on and forevermore. I can hear Mary saying that, looking up into the mountains, knowing that they surrounded Jerusalem, knowing that God surrounds his people just as she Her body, her love surrounds the Christ child that she carries. But let's go one step further. Thank you for walking with me one step further. Let's zoom in on Mary. Joseph went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. Mary shows us so much. Mary shows us what internal strength looks like, what physical strength looks like. Mary shows us what determination looks like. But let's also remember that Mary shows us what trust looks like. Trusting God even in the midst of an entire Roman registration. Trusting God when all of the plans are suddenly interrupted. Trusting God that God would literally provide and protect as they take this 12 day journey that was long and hard. Trusting that God was walking with them in the midst of it all but let me say that one more time. Let me say that for you and I as we gather here on this particular Sunday morning. We know that God is with us in the midst of our world when we look at social media, when we look at all of our media outlets, we watch it or read it, and it seems like everywhere we hear of, everywhere we read, there's turmoil. we can trust that God is still present. When our journeys, whatever they are this morning, when our journeys are suddenly interrupted or go in a whole different direction, we know that we can trust our God to be present, continuing to protect and provide, just as God did for Mary and Joseph. And in the midst of the unknown, We can trust. We can trust in the love that God has for you and I. So how do we go forward? How do we go forward with this trust? How do we walk it forward? Well, let's look again at Mary and Joseph. They had to obediently follow the decree. They had to go and travel down, and they did so. Out of the limelight, out of the spotlight, they just did what they had to do. I think there's many times when we look at our overwhelming world, when we look at our lives, when we know how much we are juggling and walking through, how do we go forward? Well, I think doing what we need to do Faithfully sharing the love of God with others through what we do on a daily basis. Not looking for the spotlight, but just looking for what needs to be done and faithfully doing it. This morning, I wanna show with you a short video. And in it, you're gonna meet a gentleman. I invite you to notice how old he is. He is a part of a ministry that we know well here at Sheridan. It's a ministry called Meals on Wheels. Many of you I know are part of that ministry. It's a ministry that needs to be done because it helps to feed people. But I want you to notice this gentleman. Notice his attitude and then notice the age of those for whom he serves. Let's watch that now. It's fairly quiet in Door County this time of year, but no matter the season, Eugene Jacobs is keeping busy. I've been delivering meals uh, since 1997 when I retired from teaching high school mathematics at Sturgeon Bay High School. It was his late wife Beverly's idea for the couple to volunteer delivering meals on wheels. And the 91-year-old has continued doing it throughout the years. At my age and i enjoy doing it I, you you see these people they're appreciative and i yeah i i, I really enjoy doing it oren Gunlickson, an 86 year old man from sturgeon bay or says having eugene here. help to deliver meals is an honor I've known him for over 50 years he says the process isn't that big of a deal well i pick up the meals and i just drive to the houses and meet the people and deliver the meals. At 91, Jacob's plans to continue his volunteer work, keeping busy in Dork County no matter the time of year. I, I don't give up on things very easily. <laughs> I love that. 91 years old, I don't give up on things very easily. He reminds me of Mary. In the midst of the unknown, she trusted that God was still present. Today, let's be inspired by our 91 year old. Did you catch the age of those who he served? 86. I love the 86 year old. Yeah, I've known him for 50 years. <laughs> yeah, we, we. Today, as we go forward, let us go forward and continue to do what we can do to share the love of God, to bring forth the kingdom of God. Even if the world looks like in turmoil, even if our journeys are at an odd and awkward spot, we can go forward trusting, just as Mary did, that God is present. God continues to work even if we can't always see it. So together, let us go forward inspired by Mary and Joseph, amen.